Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. That's... Yeah, they have asked for that, really. France are going to the World Cup. Get over it. This fellow Ronaldo is a cop. Boom, 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 the foul. Boom, 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 the yellow card. Nah, that's actually going to I have to ask you to mind your language. And I suggest you shut up and show more football. Good lad. I don't throw teacups. It's not my style. I think I'd rather throw punches. What you doing down here, you shorty man? <laughs> You know Euro's fever has started to take hold when you're debating the relative merits of Harry Arter and Eunan O'Kane as squad players for Ireland in Euro 2012. But that's the kind of argument that will rage furiously on today's Irish Times second captain's football podcast, Murph. Hold on to your hat. Uh, I'll try my best to... headphones there. It's screwed my loins in anticipation. Who will be this year's Kevin Foley or Gary Waddock for you mm. older folk out there? Well, uh, I, well Gary, I remember the Gary Waddock, so... Gary Waddock is the... Uh, is the original and therefore the best of the species. Certainly Martin O'Neill's cutting it fine enough that quite a few lads will be feeling a little bit Gary Waddock'd mm. on, the, on Tuesday night. Watch out, you've been Waddock'd. <laughs> Tuesday night is the game against Belarus in Cork and he's going to leave until after that to send the squad over to the heads in UEFA. The Boffins. The Boffins, yeah. He's got about an hour and a half from the end of the match to the UEFA deadline. If all oh, that's not enough to get you going, we've got some super hot... Euro 2016 news, accompanied by spine-tingling audio. Torres scores! Shake given only to David Silva. David Silva scores. I don't think they're going to catch Fernando Torres. Can he beat Given? Yes, he can. It's 3-0. That's four. So I think the players, and even the supporters, they all have to change their mentality. Defence and the best job has gone for the high ball. Trying to look it up for Hosanna. Goal! And have scored! <laughs> Roy Houghton! Oh, Whelan! Oh, Roy Whelan has done it! Roy Whelan has scored a goal to grace any footballing occasion. We're a small country and you listen, we're up against it, but let's not just go along for the sing song every now and again. Look, I just can't believe Sean St. Ledger's goal didn't make it in there, Murph, to mm. that audio bed. But other than that, I'm super excited about Euro 2016 and I'm even more excited about our daily shows that will take place during the tournament with Ken over in France. And our coverage begins properly, I would say, this Monday in Cork City with our latest live sports night with our sponsors, Rabo Direct. We are going to be broadcasting the night before the game against Belarus, Ireland's first full international in the great city of Cork by the Lee there, Murph. Mm-hmm. 
uh, populated by rebels, as you, as you well know. <laughs> Corkonians, I prefer. Cork- but whatever, indeed. you know. Uh, they seem to like that whole rebel vibe. It's so. their first full international for over 30 years there. It's against Belarus at Turner's Cross. And the final squad for the Euros will uh, will get we'll hinge on we'll hinge on that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To what extent the squad will actually hinge on that game, I suppose, <laughs> is of itself interesting. Yes, but we still, uh, we'll certainly be debating it. The show will take place at the beautiful Crane Lane Theatre on Phoenix Street in Cork at 7pm. Once again, it's this Monday coming. At 7pm, your better dates, Murph, in case people are listening to May this. May 30th. May 30th, yeah. And mm. if you want tickets, then go to irishtimes.com forward slash secondcaptains. You can go to our website, secondcaptains.com, or go to Twitter and find the details via our Twitter handle, at secondcaptains. While I'm in news delivering mode, we recorded a podcast today with one of the most notorious sports people in history. Probably fair enough to say, I think, that for a week in September 88, he was the most famous person in the world, full stop. Ben Johnson is in Dublin. And we're sitting right there uh, beside myself and Murph. Uh, a few hours ago, we came in to talk doping, rebuilding his life. Carl Lewis, he still doesn't like Carl Lewis. Uh, Usain Bolt, he said time will tell on Usain Bolt and loads more. So there's a, a lot to get your teeth into there with Ben Johnson. Let's get our teeth into Ken Early in Milan for the Champions League final. How are you, Ken? Hey, how are you? I'm good, yeah. How is Milan so far? Um, it's very nice. Um, it's <laughs> Always very, it's... nice is Milan, yep. It's sunny, uh, it's warm, it's... Uh, wealthy? Yeah. It always strikes me as wealthy, Milan. I'd say it's pretty rich, and I'd say Milan is pretty loaded. <laughs> um, uh, European capital of fashion, of course. Uh, I wouldn't say it was the prettiest city I've ever seen. They haven't done enough with that money, Ken, is what you're saying, uh, sort of architecturally. No, I just think they're... Did you it's land weird... at the train station? The train station's pretty impressive, Ken. The train station looks like something out of the crystal maze. <laughs> it's it's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's this, like, um, it looks like it's about two miles long. It's, like, uh, 500 metres tall, solid marble, um, it built, built in this kind of, uh, you know, fascist, brutalist Art Deco style mm. with uh, lions' heads, elephants... Um, massive horses riding around on the top of the building, like Bosaurus, um, basically. <laughs> well, I I much prefer Bosaurus actually. Bosaurus is just a, a bus station. I mean, this this thing looks like a portal to another universe. <laughs> it's just a train station. You know it does I mean? rather like have delusions of grandeur. It's one of the most arrogant buildings I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, I I thought it was. Well, I mean, there was no there was no mistaking uh, who signed off on the design. <laughs> actually i did look it up and, and in fact the design was uh the design was i think pre-first world war um but it, during the 20s as the building the building of it dragged on for ages and ages um the the new government the thrusting vigorous young government italy had in those days um decided to jazz it up a little bit by adding some you know enormous um uh, uh sort of columns and you know ferocious roaring beasts uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, it is just a train station at the end of the day. Uh, you can buy espresso there, you can buy newspapers, and you can get on trains. Um, and uh, and that's that's pretty much the size of it. But yeah, I mean, a lot of... a lot of I haven't actually been to Milan before, so it's you know, interesting to walk around. A lot of um, high-rises, offices, apartment blocks, um, but also some kind of nice areas to walk around. Um, which I intend to do. I'm just as soon as I'm finished talking to you. What are you looking for on Saturday night from the final? Are you hoping for a Ronaldo masterclass and Atletico 
just an, what an Atletico Diego Simeone inspired action, rear guard action that's unfair people I think uh, we patronise Atletico on this obviously they play great football as well what are you looking for though? I'm not really hoping for anything um, I expect Atletico Madrid to win this time against Real Madrid I think they're actually a better team uh, clearly Real Madrid have better players and that was what made the difference last time uh, although I think Another difference between this and the, and the last time is that Atletico arrived to this game. I mean, when I say last time, I mean the last Champions League final they played against each other, 2014, so Lisbon two years ago. Arrived to this game exhausted, running on empty, having fought all the way against um, Barcelona to win the league title, uh, playing high-intensity games right until the very end. And their players were really exhausted. Um, Diego Costa, I remember, had his hamstring was had turned into kind of spaghetti, uh, but they played him anyway because they didn't really have anyone else they could use. Um, I think the team though had just given had given everything to win La Liga was just such a massive achievement to beat Real Madrid and Barcelona in La Liga was such a massive achievement. Then it was almost as though this is too much. You know, we we they couldn't quite believe that that they could also win the Champions League, and they nearly did. I mean, it was I think two minutes, two, nearly three minutes of injury time played by the time. Uh, Sergio Ramos, uh, Sergio Ramos got the equaliser, um, and the problem was that Atletico had absolutely nothing left at that point, and you had Bale and, and you know Bale running riot, Angel Di Maria running riot in extra time. There was no, you know, there was no way they could they could come back from that. Atletico were gone. This time, I think it's going to be different. I think that Real Madrid, although they've been on an amazing run under Zinedine uh, Zidane, I think it's twenty one wins in twenty six games, which is, yeah. I mean, that's a good record. Very, you know, very impressive record. Um, I still think that they uh, are are vulnerable. I think that, you know, Rafael Varane, obviously, not that Rafael Varane's necessarily been a, that regular uh, in the team, but I think that they've got defensive vulnerabilities, which Atletico, I think Atletico are just that little bit more of a tuned-in sort of team. You know, they don't have Cristiano Ronaldo, they don't have Gareth Bale, they don't have players necessarily quite on that level. But as a team, I think they know what they're about more than Real Madrid. And I think in a, you know, I think in a match when every, when it's all up for grabs, yeah, there's only one team I'm going to be betting on. Zlatan has spoken. Yeah. Oh yeah, Zlatan. He um, <laughs> he's with the Sweden team now. Um, they're preparing for the Euros, just like the Ireland team. Uh, uh, but the news surrounding him isn't really, doesn't really have anything to do with Sweden. It's all to do with Manchester United. So uh, he was asked a number of questions about that today. And I wonder, is this going to become a theme of Sweden's build-up to the Euros? He's going to so, have to yeah. make an announcement. Be, that, might hmm? be, that might be quite beneficial for us, would it, if they have their... Well, I think it'd be just a bit annoying for the Swedes. I don't think it necessarily makes that much difference. Um, he's, he's probably just going to have to announce or confirm one way or the other what he's doing. Um, I mean, he was being asked repeatedly about Manchester United and Jose Mourinho. I think from his reaction, I mean, his reaction essentially was to kind of grin, laugh, uh, snigger, and go, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, it did, when he was asked whether he had, had an offer from Manchester United, it does sound as though he has. And it was interesting that he said, I uh, have decided months ago where I was going next. Now it's just a question of pressing the button. And also was talking about Mourinho saying, you know, um, I'm every day, every day of my life, I wake up and miss working with Jose Mourinho. Mm-hmm. So it's a sound as though a serious, um, serious love between these these guys. He's not going to Manchester City anyway. We can be sure based on those comments. 
no. I think, I think that was probably a safe bet anyway, yeah, to be fair. No, I don't think he's going to go to Manchester City. I have proved age is just a number, says Latan. Everything is in your head. Uh, this is after recording the particularly impressive numbers, the best of his career, actually, 50 goals in 51 matches, which is a pretty phenomenal record, really. Um, although, I mean, it's hard to know. I mean, as we, we were talking the other day about, about Manchester United and their... The, sort of the way that they, the way that the decision makers at Manchester United look at these decisions, what kind of decisions do they, what kind of rationale goes into their recruitment, for instance. Um, uh, and I was speaking to uh, Lars Sivertsen, Norwegian football journalist, who was basically saying, you know, if, <laughs> you know, the, you know, bearing that in mind, is that the difference between? Manchester United and other clubs, you know, where other clubs see an aging striker, an aging centre forward with a difficult personality, they see a commercial icon with, you know, global marketing appeal. Um, I actually think that's a bit unfair in this instance, because I, I don't, I, I don't think that Zlatan is just the kind of guy who could sell a lot of sponsorship deals. Who, you know, who Ed Woodward and Richard Arnold can sell a lot of sponsorship deals off his back, although they can. I think he also could be a useful player for them. It's a, it's a, it's you know Lars is making the point. Well, why why does no other why is no other top club interested in him? I mean, you know, it's not as though any of Manchester United's kind of peers around European football are thinking about buying or signing Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Nobody's really putting in a counter offer at this stage. At least not as far as we know. That that may yet still happen, but you know we haven't we haven't seen any evidence of that. Why might that be? I think the difference here is that they've got different squads from Manchester United, different managers. I mean, if Jose Mourinho is going to be the Manchester United manager, himself and Zlatan Ibrahimovic uh, go back a long way. They trust each other. Uh, Mourinho knows what he's going to get from Zlatan, and uh, he's got a team which maybe he feels doesn't really have, um, you know, too many leaders. It's not a case of. Too many chiefs, <laughs> you know that old that old saying. Manchester United's dressing room at the moment is not really a case of too many chiefs. Uh, Zlatan definitely is in the chief mold, and uh, and I think Manchester United maybe can do with him more than other similarly sized clubs. Eric Cantona, Ken, has also been speaking and uh, been saying quite a lot. Well, Eric Cantona has has got a lot of interesting stuff to say, actually. Um, He's been doing he's been doing a couple of things recently. He spoke to the Guardian for his fiftieth birthday. He's been launching ITV's Euro twenty sixteen coverage as well. And in the course of this, he said he's had a lot to say. Remember that Eric Cantona was a guy who quit the game at the age of thirty one because thirty one. I mean, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is, is thirty five later this year. You know, Wayne Rooney I think is, is thirty one later this year. That's that that's how young. Eric Cantona was when he retired from football altogether. And the reason was that he felt as though, and the reason I suppose is a little bit ironic, and you know, as, as time went by, by and, and Cantona derived more and more of a share of his income from doing ads for companies like Nike and Cronenberg and whatever other companies he's done ads for, there have been quite a few of them. Um, but he, he actually quit because he felt that Manchester United was becoming too commercialized. <laughs> this is like 1997. It was one of the reasons. I thought, I mean, yeah, I thought, I thought he'd run out of passion for the game. Was that yeah, the, run out of passion because it wasn't the game he loved anymore. And the game was selling itself. Suddenly, what am, what am I? What am I here to do? Sell products? 
That's not what I got into the game for. Of course, he ended up selling a lot of products and later. He discovered he needed the money. But, you know, uh, at, the, at the time, it was one of the reasons he gave. I mean, Ferguson in his, in his book, his, his first, uh, first major autobiography on one, not, not, first non-potboiler book, uh, Managing My Life, uh, talked about how he noticed Cantona's sort of shorts getting a little tighter, always a giveaway uh, <laughs> player who's, let's say, lost his passion or indulging his passion for fine dining. Uh, but uh, Cantona quit. Now he's talking on the subject of Mourinho. You've probably seen his quotes on that. No, not for me. Not for me. Manchester United. And when you see uh, the holdup over <laughs> the fact that Chelsea own the trademark to the name Jose Mourinho, oh my God! I mean, so so they um, Chelsea apparently own this trademark until 2023. And I guess Manchester United are going to have to extricate that from their ownership. And I wonder, I wonder are Chelsea going to be sitting there and going, hmm, remember John Obi Mikel? Does anybody remember when we signed John Obi Mikel? Um, swings and roundabouts. Uh, we can sell your manager's name back to you, I suppose. And in that case, you can use it. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the list of stuff that Chelsea give that the trademark might be on. Do you want, do you want to hear some of the, like, I mean, this is an actual list. Ah, yeah, go on. All special. about trademark lists. Hmm? I'm all about intellectual property rights, trademark Domestic utensils and containers, chinaware, glassware, porcelain and earthenware, combs, sponges, not for surgical use, glasses, half-plank glasses, plank glasses, tall glasses, mugs, cups, whiskey glasses, wine glasses, champagne flutes, tumblers, whiskey tumblers, brushes, money boxes, toothbrushes, figurines, games, games for video game machines, home video game machines, amusement apparatus, for all the use of television receivers, games, toys, party novelty hats, shin guards, gloves, Balloons, sporting articles, play balls, footballs, teddy bears, ordinary playing cards, playthings, face masks, being playthings. That's just a list of a partial list of some of the kind of stuff that the Jose Mourinho trademark what was being attached to by ordinary, Chelsea. What are ordinary playing cards as opposed to any other type of playing cards? Ordinary playing cards. I don't know. I suppose some novelty playing cards. I, I, I would say I the ordinary know. playing cards are your your you know your spades your. Uh, diamonds, hearts, diamonds clubs. hearts, clubs, yep. As opposed yes, to but, but manager what, what, what top trumps or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Jose Mourinho yeah. sponsorship power ninety eight percent. This is the kind of I don't know if this is feeding into Cantona's. Cantona kind of says he likes him, but he just thinks Guardiola would have been the the right man, and he's gone to the wrong Manchester club. Um, I imagine that. I mean, what I think is interesting, Cantona has been away from Manchester United for a long time. You know, being an actor in France and you know doing this and that, and not really seeming to have much interest in football, and still I think has a pretty accurate read <laughs> on what Manchester United is all about. Uh, you know, uh, more so than even a lot of the um, obsessive fans who follow them um, today. Um, but he said a few different things. I mean, he, you know, he was complaining about what modern footballers are like, which all older footballers do, I suppose. Um, they they always think that the current generation is all about money and fame, which I'm sure they've been saying for quite a long time. In fact, he does mention that when he played for Auxerre, he remembers people complaining they were making too much money. Um, but uh, there's, two, there's two things I wanted to just mention. One of them is uh, Cantona's comment on what... Uh, well, he, he says basically, I don't care about France. I don't care at all about France. In terms of football, I'm an Englishman. Um, he says, the managers of English players, they don't need to go away for a month before the start of a competition. They lose all their energy. They're all together. They're all fed up. The English mentality is turn up three hours before the game, play the game, enjoy the game. 
final manager of England, I wouldn't bring the players together for one month. The Germans can do it. The Italians can do it. But the English should just turn up and play. If you remember Denmark, when they won the European Championship, they were all on holiday a week before. Some cultures can spend two months together, not the English. doesn't mean they're not professional, but it's not in their mentality. I do wonder if there's quite a lot of truth in what he says there in terms of Irish players as well. I read that and actually agreed with it almost immediately as I read it, thinking, why didn't, we th- why didn't someone else think of this? Mm. I mean, all that we ever hear from these players are that they're bored, you know, out of their trees for... Okay, well, let's just not train. Like, let's just, let's just go off. You go on your holidays, try not to drink too much, and then just meet up, the, you know, five days before the tournament and let's go. I don't know. I think, I suppose it's because people think if you play badly in the tournament, that might look like an, an unprofessional way to have prepared. <laughs> but, you know, which it, it has to has to be said it probably would there was also a, there's a big difference between the Denmark the Denmark story was just remarkable and their preparation was not what you would recommend but they had switched off they had had a chance to just chill out and go yeah. and do their thing if you're sitting there on holidays while thinking certainly some of the players would be thinking shouldn't we be training I wouldn't say it would be a universally popular decision to not train until just before the the Denmark thing was just almost like they were so far gone mentally that they didn't even have to get nervous about the tournament they just went in played it bang won it yeah this is great we're in this tournament it's a pity you can't sort of trick yourself. You're uh, thinking that, well, that'd be thinking idea. that way, um, it's not really, not really possible, I guess. But the more, the more serious thing he said, and I mean, I, I think he's being serious. What at least the allegations that he's making are, are, are pretty serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, because it's always hard to know how serious he's being and how much maybe he's just trying to provoke a little bit, whether he means every word of this. No, yeah. Although I think the. You know the implication of what he's saying is serious enough that you you wouldn't say this unless you were being serious. You couldn't really. It's um, uh, and the the target of this is his old uh, um, his old enemy uh, Didier Deschamps, who is obviously the manager of the French national team now, uh, formerly described by Cantona as a water carrier, uh, the World Cup winning captain of France. That is uh, Didier Deschamps, um, but uh, Eric Cantona has never been a fan. Uh, he is not impressed with the fact that Karim Benzema, Karim Benzema, you know, arguably the dumbest man in football, and uh, Adam Ben Arfa have been left out of the French uh, squad for Euro 2016. Now, Benzema has been left out for reasons which I think are actually reasonable, but Cantona doesn't think it's reasonable because he's he sees hypocrisy in the fact that Benzema is punished for um, this whole... Uh, business for getting involved in this extortion scandal with this, uh, involving a sex tape of Matthew Valbuena. I mean, it's just so stupid that he would get involved in that. I, I personally don't have any problem with him getting... I think he should be dropped from the squad for, for stupidity aside from anything else. Um, but Canton is making the point that French politics is full of you know, politicians who are, you know, engaged in... <laughs> let's say their private lives aren't necessarily always uh, you know squeaky clean mm-hmm. you know uh, and yet it's 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 okay for them but it's not okay for him um he says benzema's a great player ben is a great player but deschamps he has a really french name maybe he's the only one in france to have a truly french name nobody in his family mixed with anybody you know like the mormons in america <laughs> which is pretty amazing deschamps obviously means uh the field or in, in, of the field uh, maybe if Deschamps was English, his surname would be 
Field, Mr. Field. Yeah. Uh, he says, so I'm not surprised he used the situation of Benzema not to take him, especially after Valls said he should not play for France. That's one of the uh, politicians who had a pop. Uh, the Prime Minister of France, Manuel Valls, had a pop at, at Benzema. Um, he says, uh, Canton's basically saying, well, why do you have a go at Benzema and not like, uh, you know, people in your party or people in the other party, people, you know, people in your world who, who get involved in, you know, let's say sexual misdemeanors. You don't seem to have a problem with that. Um, but Canton continues, and Ben Arfa is maybe the best player in France today, which I think is a little maybe overrating it, but he says, but they have some origins. I'm allowed to think about that. So immediately the, the people there say, well, are you serious, Eric? Are you suggesting that, um, that Deschamps has, has not picked Karim Benzema and Adam Ben Arfa because of their origins? Uh, Cancellor says, maybe no, but maybe yes. Why not? One thing is for sure. Benzema and Ben Arfa are two of the best players in France and will not play the European Championship. And for sure, Benzema and Ben Arfa, their origins are North African. So the debate is open. And uh, Didier Deschamps hasn't, uh, has refused to respond to this. He's been asked to, um, to give his, his view on that. Cantona says, for sure, if France win the European Championship, the politicians will use that success just as they did after the World Cup of 98. But that's just politics. These people from the right, they use this situation. They mix everything. They mix up Daesh, the bombing, the refugees. We have to be clever. There are people here who really need help. They're the ones we should think about. He didn't just uh, slag off the French right wing. He also attacked the um, uh, you know, actors and celebrities in France who claim to be on the left but never actually do anything to right. help out people who have uh, less money than them. So um, he had a good old go at the world in general, Eric. Um, Sometimes you wish you could hear more from that guy. I think when, when people turn 50, they have things to say. Remember the Michael Jordan interview mm. with Ray Thompson Murphy was Jordan at 50 or something like that? He suddenly gave a reflective side to himself that had been previously... Sometimes you get him right after... Competitiveness. Yeah, sometimes you get them right after the midlife crisis. Yeah. You know, and you've, they've, they've sorted some shit out in their heads. Emmett Malone has popped into the studio straight from the Republic of Ireland camp. Emmett, I would imagine a few nervous heads on the fringe players around Abistan. Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, Martin O'Neill keeps talking about the fact that 90% of the squad will know by the weekend and probably 80% of them know now that they're they're going, you know, but that, that still leaves kind of um, uh, a, a dozen players, anything up to a dozen players who might still be kind of, you know, thinking in terms of, of, of filling those last uh, three, four places in the squad. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a, there's a few of them kind of... Um, hoping against hope they can do something over the next few days. Well, considering as a nation we've been outraged in the past over even one omission late yeah, on. Um, sure. Maybe it's something different about when you get taken away on camps and then, and then let go. But in this case, there's going to be a number of people getting the bad news on on Tuesday night. Is this what it looks like at the yeah, moment? Yeah, it does seem like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a sort of strange thing. There's been a kind of a great deal of to and froing over what way this is all going to pan out. Um, the original plan, it seemed to sort of make a fair bit of sense. Uh, that was, they'd come in this week, they'd play the Dutch game. Uh, O'Neill would get up tomorrow, come in and, uh, um, sorry, on, on, on Saturday rather, um, uh, announce the squad and um, and that would sort of be it. And, th- and they'd, 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 everyone would go away for a couple of days and the, the players who were going to France would reconvene in Cork where they'd have one more game, a few days of, of more intensive work, I guess, and, uh, and then they'd be away. 
That's changed along the way. I mean, in part because O'Neill says that he's just not in, in, in he hasn't got his own head around um, who he wants to bring for central midfield. He talks about, you know, some of these guys. Um, uh, Harry Arthur was an example yesterday, somebody who's brought in and um, uh, who, who just haven't played enough at their clubs for him to be completely sure of what the situation is and who he wants to bring. So he wants to look at those in both of these games. And that has given rise to this situation. Um, that on Tuesday evening they're going to play a game that finishes, you know, less than less than ninety minutes before the deadline for submitting the squad. Uh, like, it, it, there's no, there should be no great, you know, as long as as long as the Wi-Fi is working there, everything should be okay. Yeah, that's yeah. They, <laughs> they do seem to be. I, I, it, it, you you are thinking like there's no reason why this should go wrong, but if it does, mm-hmm. you know, we're all going to be sitting around on Wednesday, kind of asking questions about how they quite I'm, let themselves. I'm surprised something that he's left it so late, just given that. I don't really understand how you could be making these decisions on the basis of a game against Belarus. Anyway, it seems such a flimsy basis yeah. to 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 decide between one guy or another. Surely he should he should know, you know, who he wants to bring at, at this yeah. point. You know, barring injuries. Well, I, I think injuries might be part of it. I, I think he, you know he wants to be reassured. Uh, that's the impression I get that you know by the likes of Harry Arthur, who's obviously had you know say an Achilles problem and. Um, uh, been sidelined for a while. Play came back, played a couple of games. Bournemouth didn't feature in the last game, but didn't seem to be a, a real, you know, concern. But I think after a, a week on the training ground, he wants to see him in some sort of game. But I, I completely agree. I'm, I'm really, I'm really taken aback by this, and uh, and and I'm really, you know, we watch so many of these pre-tournament friendlies where guys, you know, knock the ball around at a snail's pace, and um, nobody wants to get injured. I mean, there's really you know, have that you have to strike that balance between supposedly trying to play yourself into the squad and at the same time not being carried off um, so it, it it does seem like a really odd one and I'm, I'm really not entirely sure other than you know getting some sort of reassurance on the injury front how much you can learn from, from either of these games That's what it seems to be reassurance on the injury front and in the case of a player like Harry Arter mm. just actually seeing him play again I mean he's a guy who clearly O'Neill likes a lot. Yeah. if we're looking at the, the we might as well look at midfield because I think that's the most interesting yeah. sort of area and like Hart, Arter looks like a guy who O'Neill wants to pick but maybe just needs a little bit more. What's the situation there? Yeah, he certainly sounds that way all the time. Um, you know, I mean, we've had he has options like David Myler and, and Stephen Quinn, uh, both of whom have done okay for him in games. Um, and 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 Myler is particularly versatile. He's played at right wing over the course, or sorry, on uh, right back over the course of the campaign as well. So, uh, so you know, look, there, there, you know, there, there are options there. But but absolutely, Arthur. He every time he talks about him, he sounds like he wants to bring him there. He wants to be convinced that that um, that he can win because he feels that he. He, he kind of adds a little bit more creativity to the, to to, uh, to the center there, and that you know he uses the ball well. Uh, and uh, I mean, O'Neill never really kind of openly acknowledges you know how poorly we retain possession at times, but he does you know make, give, a player, give, a, give a nod to it in yeah. the in the sense that he he repeatedly mentions that we kind of should aspire to doing it slightly better. And um, and, and and Arthur is somebody who can do that. He can pass a ball, and you know it's 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 more likely to not you know go to a, a teammate. Well, if Arthur was to was to make it, surely then the final place would have to be, because it seems as though there's five guys essentially going for two places, assuming, you know, that James McCarthy, there's a lot of assumptions always, but assuming yeah. James McCarthy isn't injured worse than we than we think he is. Yeah. Um, there's Stephen Quinn, David Myler, Darren Gibson, and Union O'Kane mm. would really be going for one. Let's, let's, let's say Arthur gets one. Uh, I guess looking at that would have to realistically be between Quinn and Myler. They're the ones who have, who have played a part in the qualification. I mean, I can't see how Gibson would get in. 
I know Kane is a, is a very recent arrival. Yeah. Um, well, our, yeah. You, our, how do you think it would go? Yeah, Arthur's, Arthur goes back a little bit further w- with the uh, squad, but has done very little. You know, likewise, uh, Dave McGoldrick, who's kind of hoping to try and play himself in in some way and i and again i think the the manager is is inclined towards but but probably doesn't you know is it, it, hanging as well i think of those yeah i mean gibson if he had played through this season i think would be going i think that the qualities he brings the defensive side of things um would would get him on the plane but there's no there's no mistaking i i, I don't think in uh, in o'neill's um, attitude towards him that that he is disappointed that he didn't try and get away from everton in the window and uh, and go and play some games and he's talked repeatedly over the last couple of days about aiden mcgeady um and obviously the move to sheffield wednesday hasn't gone well he hasn't played nearly as much football as he would have wanted to he has been just allowed to leave the club before the final playoff game you know clear they clearly have no interest in having him around um and yet, uh, O'Neill, you know, repeatedly talks up the fact that he did make that effort and go out and uh, and try and get games. He talked today about um, Gibson coming in, and you know, it's great how he wants to come over and try and prove himself. But really, I think he's he, he's uh, he, he, he's starting from a huge disadvantage. And as you say, O'Kane is 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 really too recent an arrival. I don't think he's done enough to uh, play himself into the twenty-three. So, if we're talking about those spots there. Are, are we seeing McGeady is pretty much a given in O'Neill's squad, even though he? Yeah, I think. Well, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, even though he, I mean, that's. My view from a long time back has been that McGeady, barring getting run over by a bus, would would travel. Is that that loyalty, though? Because I I know, I mean, like the Georgia game is so long ago now where he delivered those great moments. And we hear that O'Neill, he is a guy who seems to inspire loyalty, but I'm sure he has his ruthless side as well. And he'll drop a guy if he has to. Is O'Neill not a guy? And I think if O'Neill thought that he could get nothing out of McGeady over these uh, these two, three weeks. um, So it's not just sentimental. You still think he has to believe you know, Look, I certainly hope not. Um, And we haven't seen nearly as much of McGeady in the team over the last year as we we did prior to that. And, you know, that's, that's I I think, an acknowledgement on the manager's part that things aren't going well for him at club level. Um, But at the same time, I think he feels that if he can get him into... um, to, to this group for a sustained period of time, getting working hard on the training ground, that he, I think O'Neill still believes in himself to the extent that he can get something out of this player. You mentioned McGoldrick there, trying to squeeze in up yeah. front. I don't know how realistic that, that is. I mean, we don't... Not hugely, I would have thought. But, no. You know, but, 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 but how many, how many striking out. positions are likely to... Okay, so he, has, he can go with four or five. He yeah. talked yesterday about the possibility of... Um, of of leaving it at four, so as to give himself uh, some additional leeway on the. Uh, so we're talking. If we're looking at the guys in there, Robbie Keane, obviously. Sorry, Kenya. The one who dropped out with McGoldrick in that case. Kevin Doyle, you're saying should would be dropping out. Sure, and that, and surely, would, if, if, if yeah. it was four out of the sort of six. And the six there, just to go, it's Robbie Keane. Yeah, Robbie Keane, Kevin Doyle, Shane Long, Jonathan Walters, Daryl Murphy, David McGoldrick. Uh, yeah, so two of them to go. Probably. Yeah, yeah, you would have thought so. Yeah, and now Murphy has had a really poor season. Um, you know, by his like he scored a lot of goals last year, not so much this year. Hasn't really uh, contributed that way. But of course, that's he's never scored for Ireland. Uh, it's not really his role in in, in the team. Um, and um, uh, and again, it's clear that only likes him. I think McGoldrick. You know, he made a fairly sensational start to his uh, his Ireland career uh, eighteen months ago, playing against the USA. Created, you know, laid on two goals um, and had he built on that I mean he could be a very very well established member of the squad whatever about the team at this stage uh, but it just hasn't gone well for him he's been injured a lot and I think you know he suffers from from the disadvantage of probably being a, a little bit too easy to let down at this stage Emmett what did you what did you make of Antonio Conte's comments the other day that 
players who go to MLS must pay the consequences in football terms. He's dropped uh, or didn't select yeah. Andrea Pirlo uh, and Giovinco because uh, they played in America. Uh, obviously, we've got a pretty important member of our squad plays in America and possibly Kevin Doyle as well. We don't seem to have the same standards as uh, our group opponents. Well, I, do you know what? It's interesting. I, I think Keane survives because on one hand, he does exceptionally well over in the States, but also because of the the special role that he has within the squad. I think he's regarded as a leader. I think he's report, regarded as very important around behind the scenes and somebody that, you know, Neil is really just probably isn't in a position to um, to drop. I mean, you know, I could be proven wrong over the next couple of days, but we did see him drift, you know, completely to the margins over the tail end of the uh, of the campaign in terms of the team. I think Doyle, is likely to pay the price for going to the MLS. And I think the way that um, uh, that O'Neill has talked about him uh, suggests that um, that while he has some kind of respect for the situation that Keane found himself in at the age that he was uh, going to a team like LA Galaxy, that he doesn't quite understand, um, uh, certainly to the same extent, why Kevin Doyle almost took a, a, an easy out, I think, is the, the attitude that comes across from the manager on it. Um, and yet yet he had him in there. What was the friendly that Doyle was playing very well in before yeah. he was injured and he's made his way back from the, And that looked like an injury. Well, that's Kevin yeah. Doyle gone. And he started that game like the old Kevin Doyle, I thought. You yeah. Know, to the bustling, hold the play. Absolutely. And, and, and Doyle does something for the team. I mean, he certainly, uh, if he's playing... Uh, you know, if he's playing at his best, I mean, like, obviously, obviously, it goes without saying that we don't have the same, anything like the same competition for places that the Italians have, and their guys are going to Italy for, you know, much the same sort of reasons that uh, our guys are, albeit like, with, with a zero added on, you know, at the end. Um, but I, you know, I, I think ultimately uh, O'Neill's uh, attitude towards the, the league is fundamentally the same, and that, uh, that it, the competition, the level of competition isn't that high there. Life is a little bit too easy for strikers because that's where all the money goes and the defenders tend not to be all that capable. And um, and really, you know, Keane gets into the squad and other, uh, for other reasons. He gets a bit of a free pass on that front. Doyle has more to do. It just the bar is set that little bit higher for him. And, and, and on this occasion, it, certainly if he goes with four strikers, he may be the one to, uh, to to pay the price for it. James McCarthy is out with a groin problem. Yeah, yeah, lots of confusion. Um uh, O'Neill is a kind of strange one. Is it, uh, there's a touch of trap about him when it comes to explaining injuries. Um, uh, obviously, with, with trap, there was the language barrier. But uh, with O'Neill, I don't know. There's just like some sort of... Um, he, he doesn't seem fully engaged at times or whether he feels it's important to really to tell us. Uh, but um, I think yesterday, I, I could be mistaken about this. I'm fairly sure yesterday he told us, us it was a hamstring. He told the radio guys it was a thigh strain. Uh, but, you know, clarification via the doctor and the press office today, that is, in fact, a groin strain. Yeah, so... Um, which was odd, if only for the level of detail that he went into it then about the scan and the the slight tear at the top of the of the of the muscle, and it was it, it really was quite odd. But anyway, that's where we are. Yeah, uh, uh, a groin strain apparently definitely out tomorrow. And O'Shea probably is out for Tuesday as well. Right, yeah. okay, that could be a slight worry. And O'Shea yeah. is is playing, which is yeah. largely because he uh, hasn't, he hasn't played very much lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there'll be a bit <clears> of that about this game. You know, with people being given a, a given a run out just to um, let them. Have a run out, I guess. You know, for what about Gary Rogers? I mean, do you think he might get a run out? Because no. um, you don't. 
I, I don't really think so, to be honest. Uh, I think Gary Rogers is there because two of the keepers are still in, in, involved in the playoffs in England. And um, Gary Rogers is the Dundalk keeper, just for people who yeah, yeah, might yeah. be aware of some of the uh, fringe players. He, he trained with them uh, um, uh, a couple of months ago before the Slovakia and Switzerland games, I think. Uh, I think you know he found it a very rewarding experience. I think they took to him a bit. And I really think at the moment, you know, he's, he'll be on the bench tomorrow in case there are problems and they have to, they have to uh, replace somebody for, for reasons of injury or something like that but I, I wouldn't expect it I don't think you know he, I, I don't I don't mean this phrase in a negative way but he is essentially making up the numbers here Okay so of those players we've talked about who do you think is the will be the the most surprising inclusion Will there be a, will there be an actual shock? I suppose Harry Arthur wouldn't be a big surprise. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think you'd, you'd have to say <clears> that Harry Arthur w- uh, wouldn't wouldn't be a shock. Um, yeah, I can't really see any of the other uh, outsiders really coming in. Um, I think uh, Quinn will probably make it because I think he's he's at his best over the course of the campaign. He did pretty well, mm. um, uh, but that obviously puts puts Myler's uh, position in in serious jeopardy. Uh, I think Gibson will probably miss out. Um, I, I think there are some questionable calls here, and and you can you know make an argue, argument that that McGeady is one of those. Uh, if I was to say it is going to be one from left field, it would probably be McGoldrick because I McGoldrick. just think that uh, that that on his day um, he, he he does uh, he does kind of I- inject energy and a bit of creativity behind a, a striker, and and uh, uh, O'Neill likes that. Yep, looking forward to the next few days. Emma, thanks a million. Cheers. The training pitch is all stress. Somebody's got to somebody's got to hold a hand up and say it's like training on a car path. No, 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 no regrets about it. No, as soon as you ask me a question, I'm going to give you an answer. Who, John Delaney? He could have phoned me. Of course, he could have. Try my hotel room. <laughs> yeah, you can laugh. I was the World Cup. As an ex-player and as an Irishman, and I mean an Irishman, uh, born and reared here, then I, I thought that was entitled to give my opinion. Swinging in the backyard, pull up in your fast car, whistling my name. Which phone is that? That's the second time it's gone off. Open up a beer and you say get over here and play a video game. Why would you turn it off? I see you. Well, it's gone You just gonna let it ring? Kiss, but it's very perfect. All right, it's good manners. <clears throat> play a video game. If that was my team, I'd go into the dressing room and I wouldn't even mention that ball. I'd just say, why didn't someone put their head in it? France would definitely take it and Ireland never grabbed it. Usual. Usual stuff. Afraid of that next step. Mentally not strong enough. But they can complain all they want and all these players, they can complain all they want. It's not going to change. France are going to the World Cup. Get over it. You mentioned Antonio Conte there, Ken. Not having much truck with his players who are playing in Italy. What else is our... Uh, playing in uh, the, United playing States, in the United States, I should say. He yeah. doesn't mind the ones playing in Italy. That would be controversial. That's quite good. Yeah, that would be very controversial. The United States that he's not too impressed with. A- anything else of interest from the Italian camp, from Conte? Well, I just, I honestly was amazed when Conte said that. It was just so undiplomatic. Not not really to Pierlo Jovinko, but more to the United States. You might end up there, Antonio. You might be looking for a job there sooner rather than later. <laughs> You do realise that you go to Chelsea. That's not exactly stable employment. I mean, the odds are you'd be out of a job in two years. And uh, where are you going to go then? Um, maybe not uh, Major League Soccer after uh, <laughs> after the unbelievably cutting. I mean, basically, he used Major League Soccer as a kind of a, 
as a not a not a human shield. That doesn't make any sense. Major League Soccer is not a human, but uh, he did make Major League make Major League Soccer take the blame for his decision not to bring. Sebastian Giovinco and, and Andrea Pirlo. Well, with Andrea Pirlo, I think there's a big difference there. Well, Giovinco was the player of the year last year. He's a, seemingly a highly motivated footballer, even mm. like, at the moment. Andrea Pirlo is not a highly motivated footballer. He walks around. You saw him walking around a training session there when you were at New York City FC. Was he playing? Yeah. I don't know if he was playing midfield last week when they were beaten 7-0 to their... Their rivals there. I know Frank Lampard apparently got a bit of a barracking from the home supporters. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if Pier- I, Andrea Pirlo was not the people are like, I can't believe Pirlo, what a legend. He's not playing in the Euros. It's, it's, it's not the same. Like a slowed down version of this already um, slow. Not exactly speedy. Yeah. Andrea Pirlo. Andrea Pirlo. I don't know if it would work. Yeah, but I mean, it's not. So Italy have got loads of brilliant players at the moment. Yeah. I mean, sorry, sorry. I, I don't know. That sounded a little hubristic, didn't it? That sounded a little bit... Um, I'll be playing you that back in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, no yeah, more hostages could, uh, to fortune. No, that, that, that's, yeah. that's true. But, you know, it's just the peerless status is so exalted. Oh, yeah. Um, he has that. been such a great player for Italy over the years. Maybe the, arguably the best Italian player of, of the 21st century, apart from well, maybe, it's a, maybe it's between him and, and Buffon. So leaving him out is significant. You know, I mean, he's, he's, what, he's basically the same age as Robbie Keane, a little bit older. Um, we're obviously bringing bringing Robbie Keane along, uh, but just the way that Conte just so arrogantly said, "Well, if you go there, you've got to pay the price." I mean, <laughs> totally dismissing the idea that you might still be a good player. I mean, there was some a lot of anger in the United States over that. People pointing out, "Well, hang on, you know, you didn't seem to have a problem with Giovinco when you brought him on in the game against Norway that uh, turned things around." You know, he he actually did play in the qualifying campaign and, and made some you know important contributions. Um, so I think he can he can consider himself a little bit unlucky, but uh, Conte cleverly managed to basically sidestep any uh, criticism for that decision by saying, "Well, look, this league is a joke. What do you expect me to do?" So much is going on on Monday with the LVG on the way out that we just plain forgot to bring you the final instalment of the most popular slot in world podcasting. The complaints they just came flooding in one tweet, but it, it, that tweet flooded in. Uh, so better late than never. It's Ken's FA Cup final. Goose. The magpies are renowned as the most intelligent of birds, and 11 magpies would probably have made a better job of this FA Cup tie than humans selected by Steve McLaren. Goose. Look at that! Oh, look at that! Goose. Oh, oh, what a goal! Oh, that's a magnificent goal! Goose. Interesting. Very interesting! Oh! Ken's goose. That was, it wasn't bad, was it? Goose. Jason one two punchin made the breakthrough and Alan Pardew smashed the taboo on sideline coaching Boogaloo, Sacre Bleu, but within a minute's view, mon Dieu, Pardew's merry crew met their Waterloo, and then Captain Wayne Rooney set off on a run with the fierce and mean and implacable muscularity of an angry warthog. His lofted cross to the back post was chested down by the big lad, Marwan Palady, to the little lad, Juan Mata, who smacked it in at the back stick for a classic Louis van Gaal ghoul. And moments later, it was Louis van Gaal again, as Jesse Lingard watching a first-time shot for a goal that reflected even more glory on the cup-winning coach's methods. <laughs> Nicely done, Ken. Nicely, Nicely played. played. Ken. And and what a great season. What, what a great season you've had. Well done. A long break now for the next... Uh, 
Was it eight months? Well, no, I think we could show some. every day during the Euros. Well, before that, we have to put some Ireland Holland ghouls because Corkonians, we're going to be talking about that. Well, not that much about that game, really, but we're going to be in your beautiful city, Crane Lane, next Monday night, May 30th, the night before the final qualifier against Belarus. We'll be talking Ireland squad, we'll be talking Euros. Ken will be just back from the Champions League to reflect on a thumping victory for Atletico if his pre match hype mm-hmm. is to be believed. Seven o'clock. Uh, this coming Monday, and if you want tickets, they have already been. There's been it's been online for a day or so, and the entries are flying in. So get to irishtimes.com forward slash second captains or secondcaptains.com at your earliest convenience. It's all with thanks to Rabo Direct. It's our latest sports night with our sponsors, Rabo Direct. Extra podcast alert as well. To combine with that, we'll be doing daily shows. So it's a daily podcast alert, really, during Euro 2016. Can't wait to. Get cracking into that, especially mm-hmm. after today's show. Ben Johnson was in studio today. It sounds strange to say, but he was. He's, he's in Dublin and he was in studio and we had a great chat with him. So have a listen to that in our latest pod. In the meantime, thanks, Murph. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Ken. Thanks, Ken. Enjoy Milan, Thank Ken. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you, Owen. I'll try. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your weekend. What is that? That's the second time it's gone off. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.